Good morning, good evening, and good night. My name is Christian Vicara, and this is Please Keep Talking, a show where me and a couple of my friends talk about a new topic every week. This week's episode is called Moneymancers, a history of scam artists. Grab a snack and get yourself comfortable, because the show is about to start. But before that, here's a quick word from our sponsors. The following podcast is sponsored by the New Hood College Gear Shop. The gear shop replaces the old Hood College bookstore. Most of us remember the bookstore as just the place where we bought or rented books. Well, that's not the case anymore. The Hood College Gear Shop is a great place to buy all kinds of things. Need some Hood-branded merch? You'll find hoodies and t-shirts, hats and scarves, sweats and socks, mugs and cups. They may even have Hood-branded blankets. Low on shampoo or soap? They have you covered. Bad breath before class? Buy some gum or Tic Tacs. Need a pen, highlighter, or a notebook? The gear shop has tons. Does your roommate have a dog? Buy them a Hood College leash or collar. Need some Advil or Tums? The Hood gear shop has your back. Need a last-minute birthday gift for your best friend? You'll find plenty of options. What I'm saying is, the Hood College gear shop has you covered for all your gifts, school, snacks, and Blazer-branded clothing needs. So next time you are in wit, stop in and browse around. Mention my name, Christian Ficarra, and the name of this podcast, Please Keep Talking and receive 10% off your purchase of any Hood-branded merch. But listen to the show first. Today, I am joined by my good friend, Andre Johnson. Welcome, Hello. Hello. I'm happy to be here. It's going to be fun. All right. Uh, <laughs> you doing all right, Andre? Yeah, I'm doing all right. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. That's uh, good. Good week? Yep. Good week on this Lots nice... Lots of birthdays. Tomorrow's going to be a lot of fun. Tomorrow's going to be a lot of fun. We got a big, uh, we got a big party planned. It's going to be fun. Yep. Today on the show, we are going to be talking about three scam artists, Bernie Madoff, Gregor McGregor, and of course, the one and only Charles Ponzi. We're going to start off with Ponzi because legend, am I right? Yeah. Absolute freaking <laughs> legend. Massive scam artist. For those of you who do not know, Charles Ponzi was a, an um, Italian scam artist, uh, uh, grew up in Italy, um, immigrated to the U.S., and ran just one of the greatest scams of all time and <laughs> continues to be run to this day, uh, the Ponzi scheme. Uh, so, yeah, this is going to be interesting. Uh, for those of you who don't know, Charles Ponzi was born March 3rd, 18. 18- 82. That's actually six days before my birthday. Oh, wow. March 9th, yeah. Uh, born in Lugo, Italy. Um, he grew up there. Uh, apparently, his family fell in hard times, had little money when he was younger, and he was a postal worker early on, which is cool. Mm-hmm. And then, eventually, he immigrated to the U.S., he arrived in Boston, actually, on November 15th, 1903, and had, according to himself, he had $2.50 in his pocket, which equivalent in you know modern times, uh, more specifically last year, 2022, that was $81. Imagine, well, imagine showing up in a brand new country that you are going to be living in and... <laughs> You have $81 with you. <laughs> I mean, I can see he made it work, as you can tell. <laughs> well, the reason why he had such little money is because he gambled the rest away. 
when he was on the ship. <laughs> and according to him, he landed in the U.S. with two fifty in in cash, in one million dollars in hope. Oh my! And uh, and those hopes never left him. Apparently, <laughs> he uh, he worked as a dishwasher in a restaurant for a while, um, where he was sleeping on the floor, <laughs> and then <laughs> he made his way up to the position of waiter but was eventually fired because he was stealing from the restaurant <laughs> and the customers by shorting them on tips or shorting them on change. Sounds about That's right for insane. this guy. <laughs> eventually, he uh, said, I don't want to live in the U.S. anymore and moved to Montreal, Quebec, in Canada. And he became an assistant teller for a bank. Interesting. Okay. <laughs> a lot better than his uh, last um, job. Yeah. Yeah. So apparently it was here that he saw the first, like, uh, like this was the first time he saw a scheme in like a professional sense. It was his boss actually uh, that was paying 6% interest on bank deposits and that was like double the going rate at the time, which is uh -huh. interesting. <laughs> but but uh, he uh, it, it failed. Yeah, and his boss fled to Mexico <laughs> with a lot of the bank's money. So like, think about this: it's it's the early 1900s. You're in you're in Canada, and you're investing in a bank. And then one day you just get the call that all your money is gone. And you're like, what happened? Did the stock market crash? No. No, the bank, the bank's owner ran off with all the money. <laughs> <laughs> that definitely didn't help people gain trust in banks at all. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, uh, the guy, Zerosi is his name, trusted Ponzi so much that Ponzi just lived in his house while... Uh, he was in Mexico huh. and he was helping like the dude's family that he just left. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that happened. Eventually Ponzi decided to come back to the U S um, and he was involved in a scheme where he was uh, smuggling Italian immigrants over the border. Um, and when he was caught, he went to prison. So that was interesting. Uh, after he was released, he went back to Boston and was working in a mining camp as a nurse. Um, didn't know that about him. <laughs> before. This guy's lived an interesting life. He d yeah, like, if, if he was, like, a modern-day person, dude, you know, like, all those people that are, like, that, like, he would start a podcast. Yeah. He'd be, like, or he'd, like, be on, like, Wired interview or something, <laughs> like... Yeah, so I did this, I did that. Yeah, it's kind of great. You know, it's kind of cool. I think Netflix would pick up a show about this man. Oh, 100%. They like I'm surprised that they haven't like someone hasn't written like a show called like you know how there's a what's what's that what's the show about the uh British gangs? Or is it uh, not British? It's Peaky Irish. Blinders? Peaky Blind Is that British or is that Irish? I think it's British. It's Br British. Yeah. But um but yeah, like 
how have they not done a show on this guy yet? This is such like this is such an interesting story. Um, but enough about his early life. Let's get into the scams. Yeah. What did he do that made him so like just absolutely like infamous? And what he did is that he came up with an idea to buy and sell IRCs, which are international replay coupons. If you don't know what that is, um, it is a coupon that can be exchanged for one or more postage stamps. Um, and essentially, what he would do is he would get a bunch of people to lend him money. And then he would go out and buy a ton of these IRCs, right? Mm-hmm. And then what he would do is he would turn around and sell them for more than he bought them for. Mm, It's pretty clever. Yeah. So what he would do then is that he would pay back the people that he that he had invest, and then he would pocket the rest of the money. Um, Sounds like good business right now. Yeah, and he started that in around 1919. And then in the following year, 1920, he started a company to help promote the scheme. Um, <laughs> he had, in the first year, or in the first month, I should say, uh, 18 people invested with a total of $1,800. And then once he got the money from selling his IRCs, he paid them off, and then he would get more investors. Um and he just kept expanding and, and expanding. Um, and eventually he got so much that like people were just, he, he had to hire agents and he had to go get new investors from other states, not just where he was. Oh which is so <laughs> by this, this is the same year, by the way, between February and March, the amount invested has had risen remember that first month mm-hmm. 1800 it was now 25,000 oh, in wow. march that is equivalent to $370,000 in today's money oh my this guy is quite the salesman yeah imagine starting from absolutely nothing starting on, a, from- on an investment of like on a, on a loan, essentially, of $1,800, and he grew to 25000 But that's not all. The same year, May 1920, he made $420,000, which is equivalent to $6.1 million today. Dang. And then June, May, June, the next month, $2.5 million was invested in his, in his scheme. That's thirty-seven million dollars in today, today's money. This man has come up from two dollars and fifty cents to making this type of money. Wow. I mean, it's completely illegal, but you got to respect the hustle. Yeah, the original and rags by, to riches. And, and by July, it's it, that's exactly what it is. By July, he was making millions of dollars a day, a million dollars per day. Oh my. This couldn't last forever. People started poking around. 
doing stuff. You know, people are like, he's offering amazing returns on investments. Is he's he's printing money? This is this is insane. He is printing money. How is this possible? Too good to be true. It's, it was too good to be true. Um, they're like, they're trying to bring him down. And eventually they did. <laughs> they brought him <laughs> down. <laughs> yeah, he just. <laughs> they caught him. He went to jail. <laughs> and that was the story, you know? 87, 86 counts of mail fraud in facing life imprisonment. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Sounds to me people just didn't want to see him succeed. No, I guess not. <laughs> and after he was released from his original sentence, he was immediately <laughs> indicted on 22 charges of larceny. <laughs> <laughs> Which he was shocked about. <laughs> like, what do you mean I'm charged on larceny? <laughs> I, thought, I, thought, I, thought I, I thought I just went to jail. <laughs> just came out immediately. Arrested again. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. <laughs> so for the second court case with the 22 charges, uh, he was tried for, for 10 originally. Uh, after he was released, and he served as his own attorney, uh, and was acquitted. You know, <laughs> <laughs> he was acquitted because technically it was double jeopardy. <laughs> um, he also <laughs> he was also charged in Florida. <laughs> oh wow! Yeah. Um, I don't know. Uh, I don't know much of what happened in Florida. It looks like he was sentenced to a year on his charges uh, for violating the Florida trust and security laws. Uh, he appealed his conviction, uh, conviction and was freed. And then he immediately traveled to Tampa and he shaved his head, grew a mustache, and tried to flee the country. <laughs> <laughs> um, and they caught him. <laughs> they sent him back to Massachusetts <laughs> and he served seven more years after he was released he uh, they immediately deported him back to Italy <laughs> he, he was begging for a pardon from Massachusetts go the Massachusetts governor uh, and he was turned down <laughs> <laughs> and When he left the prison, uh, he was he he told reporters like as he was leaving, I went looking for trouble and I found it, and then he was deported. <laughs> His wife uh, stayed in the U.S. and divorced him after you know he was released. She she stayed strong for three years though. Wow. Yeah, he was released in 1934, uh, and she divorced him in 1937. Mm -hmm. Um. She didn't want to leave Boston, and he was like, okay. <laughs> um, so, in Italy, he kept scheming. <laughs> uh, and then he eventually moved to Brazil and got a job there. Um, and then eventually he died 
1941, he died. He didn't have a... He had, like, no money to his name. <laughs> Imagine being a man who's making a million dollars a day and you just and you just lose it just like that just like that all of your money is gone that is extremely unfortunate extremely unfortunate so tragic <laughs> what are your thoughts on this i feel like this guy he could have took his talents into the actual business world and made just as much money and been <laughs> Just a good person. I mean, what what was he doing but just being like a modern day stockbroker? Honestly. You know, not like a financial advisor, but like a stockbroker that's like, hey, buy this stock. And honestly. You'll get, you'll get triple your money back. And it's like. This could have flew nowadays. He might have made I it mean, longer. I mean, MLMs are yeah. a thing. They're essentially Ponzi schemes. Yeah. <laughs> it's like herbal life. <laughs> you pay a thousand dollars, we'll get your we'll get you all this stuff, right? Yeah. And then and then you go out and sell it, and if you sell it all, you're gonna make three thousand dollars. Whoa. And then we'll only take you know, ten percent we'll only take three hundred dollars from you or whatever. It, it's just it's just funny. <laughs> he was born in this era, he would be up there with the billionaires. Dude, yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> we're going to talk about our next case, Bernie Madoff, in a few seconds, because he ran a Ponzi scheme. And uh, you want to guess what uh, what his day job was? You want to guess? What was it? it was, he was a stockbroker. <laughs> Bernard Lawrence Madoff. <laughs> what a what a name. Yeah, that's, that's a name, all right. What a name. Born April 29th. 1939 died april 14th 2021 it was 82 wow did not make it to 83 he was so close it's just two weeks off his birthday damn that sucks did you know that you're actually more likely to die on your birthday than any other day hmm. why i don't know <laughs> I don't, that's weird it is weird isn't it yeah it is so weird how are you more likely? Maybe because you're like you're always out celebrating and something. I don't know. Yeah, this, you know, at least I, I, I think at least that could be completely wrong. <laughs> <laughs> could be least likely to die on that day. Least likely to die. <laughs> Let's talk about Bernard, <laughs> Mr. Madoff, Mr. Madoff, Mr. Lawrence Madoff. In 1960, Madoff founded a penny stock brokerage, which eventually grew into his um, investment firm. You know, got to start somewhere. How old? He would have been 22 when he started that. It's mm. a young kid. You know. About our we're age. No, we're about our age, a year older than us. Can you imagine starting your own company at 22? I could never. I mean, people do it all the time, but, like, one that evolves into an investment yeah. firm. Um, uh, he was arrested in 2008. Uh, we were we would have been six. Yeah. Yeah. December 11, 2008. And that year, his firm was the sixth largest uh, market maker. 
uh, in the S and P 500. Wow. Yeah. Dang. It's up there with, uh, you know, the big, the big players. Yeah. Mm-mm. This That's guy crazy. must have been a very good <laughs> businessman as well. <laughs> While he was scamming people. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's talk about his investment scandal. What was he doing? What was he saying? <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, he was a very successful, you know, stockbroker. Obviously, he was making his investors a lot of money. Stuff started to really get, you know, out of hand when in 1999 there was a financial analyst named Harry Marco Polo, <laughs> Harry Marco Polo, um, was talking to people, and he said he believed it was legally uh, and mathematically impossible to achieve the investment gains that Madoff claimed to deliver. Apparently, like he was very, very prolific. Apparently, it took him only four minutes to conclude that. His numbers did not add up. <laughs> and another minute to suspect they were fraudulent. Oh, no. <laughs> Some people really just don't want to see you succeed. Some people... It's a filthy world we live yeah. in. <laughs> um, just People were just talking and saying, you know, like, this can't... He can't be making this much money. Um... However, uh, Marco Marco Polo's was uh, he was ignored by a lot of people. You know, even when he presented more evidence, like actual, I don't know what he did, probably some simulations type deal, and just no one would listen. Even in you know two thousand five and two thousand seven, when he presented his evidence again, just no one would listen to him. And in fact, the title of his book was no one would listen. <laughs> and it was it was about his efforts to to try to tell people about Bernie's fraud. Imagine writing an entire book about how fraudulent someone is. That's cr- it's crazy. Nobody listens. It's crazy. I mean, like I understand that what Madoff did was not good. <laughs> It was very illegal, very, yeah. like, morally unjustifiable. But, like, imagine being such a hater <laughs> that you devote almost 10 years of your life to prove that someone is breaking the law. And like, he didn't, he didn't get scammed over anything. <laughs> he just did not like the fact that he was making all this money. <laughs> That's crazy. People be hating for no reason. Well, I guess <laughs> this technically was for a good reason. Yeah, that that's crazy. That's crazy. Um So what exactly did Bernie do is the question that uh that we want to know. And essentially he was doing a Ponzi scheme. <laughs> Which is that's crazy that, you know, even this was, you know, less than 20 years ago that this was going on. Yeah, and Ponzi schemes were back in the early 1900s, and they're still going on. Yeah. I mean, it's it's insane that 
that Charles Ponzi had such an impact that people to this day are saying, this is a good idea. <laughs> it's crazy that people are still falling for these scams since they've been running it's that insane, long. It's insane, too. It's like these have been around for so freaking long. You know, it's crazy that these things have been around for so long. Do you want to know how much he scammed people out of? How much? $64.8 billion. He scammed people out Oh, of. my gosh. $64.8 billion. I can't even, like, comprehend how much money that is or how well he had to been doing this scamming to why make why do you need that much money what did what did, what could he have done with all that there's literally like there's literally nothing that he could have done with that money that you couldn't have done with like say 10 million dollars yeah, a couple million dollars and you're set for life it, it doesn't make sense like that is such an insane like thing to comprehend is that these people just want to make more and more money but for what? For yeah. who? They're, why do you want... It's like... Why do you want all this money? With that much money, your kids... Your family is set for generations on generations. It's generational wealth. Yeah. Imagine if he got away with this. How much money he'd be making now. Imagine if he kept doing this. He would be the richest man on the planet. Probably. I mean, like, it's insane. Just why so much why so much money? Good thing he was brought down. I mean, honestly, like Ponzi is interesting in that he was like just some dude that was trying to make it and just happened to coin one of the most prolific <laughs> like prolific um scams that people to this day are trying to do it, but like Madoff wasn't, I, I don't think he was, like, not well off. Like, I don't think he was poor growing up. I mean, I mean, a plumber, like, his parents were a plumber and a stockbroker. Plumbers make really good money. <laughs> yeah, some good stockbrokers make a lot of money, too. Yeah, and scamming stockbrokers make $64.8 <laughs> billion. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, it's just crazy to me that it's just greed. Yeah. People see the green and just want to keep seeing it. Like, he, they're never... He could. He probably could have stopped at a billion dollars and gotten away with it. He could have stopped, like, a hundred million. A hundred million. Two hundred million. Set. You're set. Your kids are set. Their kids their are kids set. Their kids are set. And probably their kids are set. Yeah. That's assuming they aren't trying to make any money themselves. I mean, yeah. Like, if you... Uh, here's a question. If you could pull off a scam for, like, say, $10 million and get away with it, would you? Yeah, I'd pull that off and go off the radar. Think about it like this. In the Like, there's probably scams going on right now where people are probably working up to, like, $10 million and then dipping. And you know what? No one cares because yeah. it's... It, like in the grand scheme of things, in the scope of the world, in the scope of like people that run the government and stuff, ten million is nothing to yeah. them. Like it's, these MLM scams. MLM scams. It's crazy that it's like 
I get that MLMs technically aren't a scam because you're buying an actual product. Yeah. But like it's a scam. It's a scam. <laughs> it's a scam, folks. You heard it here. MLMs, in our opinion, are scams. Yeah. They are scams. If you think that you can make money off of an LM, LM getting product from an MLM, all the more power to you. But, like, <laughs> not me. Yeah, I, I would never. I would, ne- I would not be caught dead. So, yeah, essentially... Bernard Lawrence Madoff ran the biggest Ponzi scheme, the largest Ponzi scheme to date. Insane. I'm surprised, Insane. I'm surprised they didn't change the name to the Madoff scheme. I mean, Ponzi, like, when you say Ponzi scheme, though, it just sounds better. Yeah. Madoff doesn't sound better. <laughs> Madoff just does not sound as good as Ponzi. In the Madoff opinion. scheme. <laughs> Scheming. <laughs> That's insane. Like, it's just so much money. Oh, my gosh. Alrighty. <laughs> We're going to move on because I'm sick and tired of talking about rich dudes scamming <laughs> other rich dudes. Let's talk about someone, in my opinion, <laughs> who is a very interesting person. All right. Gregor MacGregor. General Gregor MacGregor. Oh. This guy came before Ponzi. This guy was before Murdoff. This guy was, this guy was an interesting fella. <laughs> uh, he was born the twenty fourth of December, uh, seventeen eighty six, Christmas Eve. Oh wow! And he died. So weird. Died December fourth, eighteen forty five. It's like Murdoff two weeks before his birthday. Wow. That's, That's crazy. So unfortunate. Um, he is described as a Scottish soldier, adventurer, and confident trickster. <laughs> <laughs> it's always the Scots that are like the absolute like mad lads yeah. that just do the craziest stuff. And I love it. I love it too. Do you want to know what this guy did? What did he do? <laughs> You know that scam where it's like the people that sell an airport? Oh, he was. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about Poyas, uh, a fictional Central America territory that he claimed to rule as, uh, as its king, essentially. <laughs> this man was scamming British and French investors as well as settlers to come to Poyas. And he had, he had made up his own form of currency. I don't know how to pronounce <laughs> it. Uh, but he, he... So he had these fake government bonds, right? And he got British and French investors to spend tons and tons of money in these government bonds and land certificates. Um... 250 people immigrated to McGregor's invented country during the year, uh, the years of 1822 to 1823. And you know, they found an untouched jungle and more than half of them died when they got there. (laughs) Imagine coming out with your family like, yes, we're going to find some, we're going to get a nice deal on this new land and everything's going to be perfect. And you get there and it's just a jungle. I mean... I'm looking at it this way. It's like 
all the settlers and like that went to like West West America. Went like you know what I'm talking yeah. about. Like and they went and settled the West. Like it's not much different. The only difference is, is that he didn't own this place. <laughs> he didn't own it. <laughs> he wasn't blatantly lying. He was blatantly lying to everybody yeah. about what was going on. <laughs> <laughs> At least we were like, oh, you're not. I don't know what's going to happen out there, but hey, you can go. Go for it. <laughs> so he he was from Clan Gregor, which is, uh, I, I want to talk about them in another podcast, but uh, they're a Highland Scottish uh, clan. We're gonna do a whole episode on the uh, Scottish <laughs> Highland clans because yeah. these guys these guys are so interesting. <laughs> um, but he was he was a uh, he was a he was part of uh, the clan Gregor, which is interesting to me. Mm. You like you like Scotland, don't you? You yeah. like the clans. Yeah. Tell, nice tell me a little about that. I'll tell you a little about it in the next podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Why you like them so much? Yeah, we'll go over that. We'll go yeah. over that next time. We've got more time. But yeah, no, that's that's essentially his whole scam. <laughs> um, <laughs> it was a, just like that. They called him a confident trickster. <laughs> I mean, I'd be a confident trickster if I could trick two countries' <laughs> investors into investigating. Into a fake airport. <laughs> <laughs> like I, I get the settlers, I get it, but the invest you've got to do better. There's no way you saw this guy. He was like, guys, I'm the king of this place in the middle of America. I swear, it wasn't. A, it was Central America, yeah, not it, like, not like a. You know what I'm talking yeah. about? Yeah. This guy was like, I'm the king. I'm the king of this area right here in Central America. There's an airport. Give me your money. <laughs> and they're like, oh, that sounds perfect. I mean, I just think it's like <laughs> You know what else is great? Hmm. He wasn't really like punished for this. <laughs> I mean, honestly, it's kind of your fault if you believed this guy without doing any type of research, nothing like that. <laughs> You want to know what the best part is? Why? Some of the people who this man frauded came to his defense when he was <laughs> like being thrust into the court of public opinion. And <laughs> they're like, it's not his fault. <laughs> it's the people who are leading the immigration. <laughs> wow. Oh my. It's not his fault at all. <laughs> and in fact, he he was acquitted. There was there was a a French court tried to get him on that. But he was acquitted, <laughs> which is amazing. I mean, it's the late 1700s. What could they really do? I don't know, man. <laughs> but anyways, in uh in 1838, he moved to Venezuela and was welcomed back as a hero. <laughs> He was welcomed as a hero, and he was bold. He was uh, when he died. He was buried with full military honors. <laughs> That's amazing. I pray I can be as cool as this guy. <laughs> if I could trick people into buying an airport, I mean, like, but it wasn't even an airport. It was a <laughs> plot of land that he didn't own. 
So yeah, this man was a scam artist, a classic <laughs> scam artist. And what's crazy is that, like Ponzi, his scams are continued. They are people keep doing it. It's insane. <laughs> you really think that people would learn you after think the first people time? People would learn after the first time, but no, <laughs> no, nope. Random plots of land are still being sold everywhere. <laughs> I just think it's great that he was like, I'm the king. <laughs> you know? This is my land, I swear. I swear. <laughs> you do not need to see my deed. Yeah, there's no deed. Just oh give me your god, money. Oh my god, wait. Oh my god, I just remembered. Hmm. Have you ever heard of the Reddit Island scam? I have, actually. Dude, that one is amazing. So essentially, <laughs> it was the same thing as this one. They wanted Reddit, like there was a there was a topic on Reddit where they wanted to create essentially their version of paradise. Yeah. And <laughs> so they like they they, <laughs> they wanted to buy an island. And they were going to get Elon Musk to do it. Yeah, I don't there know. Was a re- there was like a mod. I think it was like the head mod <laughs> that said he had a DM from Elon Musk saying that he would buy them an island. Completely photoshopped. It was com- Compl- it wasn't complete even, lie. It was, it was a complete lie. Complete scam. <laughs> but that's not even the best part. There was a person that posted that they had an island. <laughs> that, that, that their grandfather died or something and left them a ton of money. In an island. <laughs> and it's like, he said, he said, yeah, here's the deed. And it was like, it, it was like a complete fake deed. <laughs> and it was like, it was for some island in South America or something where they're, where like the closest country, their main form of language was Spanish. But the, huh. but the deed was in English. <laughs> Perfect English. Perfect English. And there was Spanish on it too. It was most bizarre thing ever. And he said, okay, all I need from you guys is $20,000 and we can build it. And then he he just went, ha ha, LOL. I don't have an island. Scammer gets scammed or whatever. It's like, how do people fall for this? Like, really? This guy, $20,000 and this whole island will be ours. Like, in what world does that sound? I don't, I good? think, I think the $20,000, like he... He didn't need $20,000 to buy the island. He had the island already, <laughs> and he needed the money for something else. I think it was, like, for infrastructure or something, something stupid like that. $20,000. Oh, my I can't God. even buy a house with that. But <laughs> these people were like, yeah, $20,000, and everything will be great. How does that happen? That is insane. <laughs> it's insane, dude. How does that happen? <laughs> anyways that's all we have for you today folks thank you for joining us i'm christian Fakera, and i'm andre johnson and this has been please keep talking next week we're going to be talking about some more silly stuff we're going to be talking about the scotland highlanders i hope you are as excited as we are i am personally very excited make sure you tune in make sure you tune in it's gonna it's gonna be a banger (laughs) see you next week